Uh, welcome back to Short Talks. This is our first episode about different career paths that are available after the PhD. And my guest today is Dr. Adriana Bankston, who is the Principal Legislative Analyst at the University of California Office of Federal Governmental Relations. So I thought this was uh, a really important topic to discuss. I feel like both people who are applying to PhD programs and current PhD students, like the the PhD itself can be like this whole thing that really occupies a lot of your <laughs> headspace uh, during this time. But, you know, after the PhD life continues <laughs> and we have to think about um, kind of what, what to do next. And certainly it's also important because there are kind of steps you can take pretty early on to like set yourself up for, um, you know, different careers that you might be interested in. And so I thought it would just be really valuable for like our mentees and our listeners just to hear more about like um, your career path and how you made it from the PhD to kind of where you are now. Yeah, so thanks for the invitation. Um, just briefly, yeah, so I, I did my PhD at Emory in biomedical sciences. Um, didn't honestly think about too much about careers at the time. I was very focused on graduating and trying to publish. And so uh, I would definitely advise that you do that in grad school, not later. But I really didn't start until um, I was in my postdoc because it was sort of like, um, I felt more relaxed. Like I graduated, I had a full-time job. I sort of started to explore options. And so um, my postdoc was in Kentucky, which is really not, not much to do there, which actually turned out pretty well because, um, I ended up looking for career options, uh, thing knowing about six months into my postdoc that I wanted to leave. And so, um, I actually, uh, kind of where the journey starts really is, um, I designed some programs for postdocs and started a seminar, um, to bring speakers to talk to postdocs about career options because they really didn't have that and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so this was helpful, um, for, you know, creating something that, um, helped kind of the community, but also, uh, hearing about what options were there. Uh, and there was some science policy and we'll talk about that, but I really didn't know what it was at the time. It was more trying to figure out my own path. And um, But creating the seminar kind of got me interested in training and how we can support grad students and postdocs in their career transitions. And so for a long time, um, I was interested in kind of going that route of um, working for a university to help uh write workshops uh, organize career development events and that sort of thing so uh i got involved with national organizations that were working on this so the national postdoc association and the graduate career consortium they both have administrators from a variety of universities that um do these kinds of things and that was helpful for networking uh, at the same time, being in Kentucky, uh, there was a actually the Kentucky Academy of Sciences, um, and they do kind of uh, outreach, um, some policy work following state level policy and also communications. And so that was really the first time I heard anything about policy, that this was something that you could do at the state level. Um, and then, but still following uh, my interest in training. So I kind of uh, still was involved with these organizations. And then um, I left my postdoc in 2016. I got involved with a nonprofit called Future of Research. You may have heard of it. It's basically a nonprofit that advocates for early career researchers uh, in, in academia. 
and their views, um, their interests, and in, uh, really giving them a voice in in science and both and also in policy in terms of institutional changes and how universities can support them. And that's kind of where this other other direction started. Um, so with them, um, I did a research project looking at postdoc salaries nationally um, and realized that there was a lot of disparities really about how much postdocs were getting paid. And that was, a, that was an interesting question in itself and just a research project to do. Um, but um, that kind of shifted my interest more towards policy because I realized that policy might be a way to actually impact more trainees uh, nationally than I could at one university sort of, you know, with my original thought of uh, doing programs. So I just kind of shifted from there then to more policy work, um, got involved with, uh, actually the MPA has a advocacy committee. So that's kind of one piece of advice is if you're already involved with a group, they may have a policy branch you can look at. Um, scientific societies really have been a, a big part of the transition too, because um, so because my research was in biochemistry, I got involved with the American Society for Cell Biology. Um, I did go to their meetings and present my research there, but again, kind of pivoted to their policy and communications branch, uh, got involved with their policy committee. And that was really the first time I, I learned about federal policy and how to do that and how society was doing this kind of advocacy and very useful. So another tip there, societies do have these options. Um, and then in 2018, I decided to move to DC, so I applied to a lot of, actually I was living in California at the time, but um, I applied to several fellowships and jobs and uh, ended up doing a fellowship in policy and advocacy with Society for Neuroscience. Uh, and that was really uh, kind of immersing into the DC world and how things work here, going through the hill, uh, writing documents. And again, again, seeing how a society does advocacy, but really I was, I was in it and actually going to the hill and, and to meetings and hearings. And that was really interesting. Um, then um, to kind of fast forward to, to this and then sort of the next, the next step is then I, I transitioned to my current role um, and I've been, I've been at um, UC ever since uh, 2019. Yeah, that's really great. And that's such an interesting like career trajectory. Um, I think you brought up some really interesting points. One of them is like during your PhD and even your postdoc, just like having an awareness of the options that are available to you in terms of careers. I feel like when you're in academia, the kind of expectation, at least historically, is that you would kind of continue on that path. Um, increasingly, I also hear about people leaving for industry. Um, but out, kind of outside those two big ones, I think there's kind of a lack of awareness of just what other types of things you can do with a PhD. Um, so for people who are kind of interested in that role, like mm -hmm. what kind of um, specific responsibilities does does your role in, involve and what kind of things are you able to do with it? Yeah, so we're really, you know, kind of the middle person between researchers and policymakers. Um, we bring a lot of researchers to DC, well, assuming it's in person, but, or virtual meetings, but um, we advocate on behalf of the university uh, to Congress, the administration, and also work with, with federal agencies. Um, so there's a lot of interaction with full staff, 
advocating for uh, some of the priorities of the university. Uh, that involves uh, a number of different events. So we do advocacy days for specific topics um, and also briefings on different issues. So some examples would be like wildfire research. Um, we do advocate for a lot of federal funding. So we do NSF advocacy days, for example. Um, and there's other um, sort of forms of advocacy, uh, either in the form of letters or, or statements that we send to the Hill or specific legislators or their staff. Um, and then the kind of uh, legislative side of it is also, obviously, there's a lot of bills that are introduced constantly in, in the federal space, um, following, again, some topics that the university cares about. Um, seeing if we like the bill, if we'd like to change it. Um, again, we try to sort of advocate for changes in the bill, if that's an option, depending on the, the type of bill or the process or the stage of the bill. Um, but that's a big part of analyzing the actual legislation, trying to change the language if it's something that will be detrimental to research. Um, and we try to um, work on the legislation as well. So um, it's quite a lot of... Um, I would say different types of meetings. There's a lot of writing involved. Um, you know, you're always meeting with people. So that was something to to get used to, right? As a scientist, you kind of have to, you're always in the spotlight and or yeah, you're always in, in some sort of meeting and you have to be on your on your top games. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I I don't have a ton of experience with science policy, but it is something that was uh, of interest to me. So like during the first year of my PhD, I got involved with uh, the science policy and diplomacy group at Penn, which is like an undergraduate and yeah. graduate student group. So like you learn like uh, about science communication, um, talking to non-scientists and how to write like a policy brief. Um, mm -hmm. And we could even interact with like members of foreign embassies. And that was a really cool uh, experience for me as someone who's never done like anything of that type before. So I guess um, if from a perspective of someone in your PhD program who might be interested in like a science policy career um, maybe what kind of things can they do like early on to maybe set themselves up for that kind of path yeah I think it's interesting you mentioned that and um, I would definitely encourage students to look at their policy groups I think when I started you know transition there really weren't that many now there's sort of a lot of universities have them so definitely get involved at local the local level because you can you can organize events and, uh, you know, sometimes make make an impact on the state level, too. Um, I would say for um, for federal policy, as as I sort of as alluded to in my story, finding finding an area of policy that you're interested in and then seeing who is involved in that. Right. So for me, it was the NPA, GCC societies again are a great way to do that and likely you're already going to a society meeting if you're doing research in a specific topic uh, there's probably a society that you can go to and go to their meetings so go to their policy events and career events and get involved with some of their career development because um, that was a really good um, transition for me is to kind of gain a little bit of experience and leadership in this area not just my research so I would sort of go in present my poster and then I would go to the policy reception or something like that, right? So, you know, take advantage of that. Um, that's useful. I think now with the pandemic, it's probably there a lot more um, 
virtual opportunities as well. Um, so one of the things, and to kind of put a plug here, but I, I run a science policy journal, uh, which is for early career researchers that you can submit your work to. And we also do several um, virtual events as well for policy writing and webinars and conferences. So um, that's something to check out and it could be useful. Um, but I think, yeah, that's kind of what I would advise, kind of looking at local opportunities and then nationally who's working on issues that you're interested in. Yeah, so I think like getting involved early is is really important. And there are like, sounds like there's like a lot of opportunities out there to kind of get involved, which is really cool. Um, and so that's things you can do kind of during your PhD, thinking even earlier, kind of our target audience who might be either applying to PhD programs now or are considering applying. Um, do you have any advice for them, whether they're considering, you know, a career in science policy specifically, or even just like general application advice about how to even get to that point of being a PhD student thinking about career options? Yeah, I think uh, it's worth thinking about what you want to do with your PhD, because I think a lot of us are, are kind of default to that. So I actually, my, um, my family is also in science, and my parents are both faculty. So I kind of grew up in that world and was kind of a given that I would I would get my PhD. Um, but nowadays, at least definitely for pol science policy, there's a lot of discussions about, um, do you need a PhD to be in policy? What other pathways are there? And it's not well developed because a lot of fellowships require STEM PhDs for you to actually get the fellowship and actually transition, which is what I did. But um, the field itself, I think, is changing in terms of ways to get into policy. You know, you could get a master's and, and potentially other ways too. Um, so when you're thinking about um, applying for the PhD, I think I would say um, looking for a good mentor is probably the number one uh, thing to think about because uh, a lot of times you know, research can look interesting when you're looking online. Uh, it's not the same when you're there day to day, you know, talk to people who are in the lab and because the environment makes a big difference. And I, I realized that too while I was in grad school that um, the PI that I had, um, you know, she was very demanding in a way, but it was really useful because she would kind of really push us to do better and keep keep doing more. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from her and you know, she was very organized and I still remember her, um, you know, the, the binders and the different systems that she had to keep us organized. I still do that now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I would say. I think think about finding a good mentor and of course you want to be interested in the research topic but sometimes it comes with you know you're there kind of learn about it um although i think it's worth considering if you want to work with you know mouse models or uh what kind of things you want to be doing day to day uh, but the mentor i think is the number one thing to to think about um when you're when you're applying yeah yeah i totally agree i think you made a lot of really great points um so yeah i think it's important even if you don't quite know what you want to do after your PhD or you are considering different options, you know, even while you're applying just to be able to show that you've thought about it to some extent can really convey, like it strengthens your application because it really conveys the motivation for why you even want to be there. Um, and I think it looks good for programs. And yeah, with the mentor um, fit is really important. We did have an episode um, kind of about networking and reaching out to professors and like how to 
determine all of that because it can definitely be hard from an applicant's perspective when sometimes all you have is just like a short bio on a website how do you figure out if you want to work with them for like five years you know that type of thing um but yeah I think having these you know things in the back of your head or having these conversations early um can really be helpful so yeah I think that was um just about yeah 15 minutes perfectly so um I don't know is there anything um else that you wanted to add I think this was like covered all the questions that I wanted to really wanted to cover yeah I know you asked about um other kinds of options too so I will say that science policy there's a lot of different jobs and you know they're called different things some of them are more kind of research focused the other ones are more like you're on capitol hill all day and so um that's one thing to consider to thinking about science policy it's very broad there's a lot of options uh there's also a difference between policy and advocacy and what that means day to day so if anybody would like to know more um i'm happy to chat outside of this as well then you can reach out to me um to talk about other things in policy or more specifics that you want to ask about all right awesome that was super cool thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today thank you i hope you enjoyed this episode of short talks if you'd like to learn more about applying to grad school, you can find additional resources on the Project Short website. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to see you again shortly.